If you know you got a purpose, can I get an amen? If you got a destiny, can I hear a hallelujah? Come on. God is so good. I want to ask you guys, have you ever heard of a church telling you that we don't need no more of your money? I'm telling you this right now. If you can find a pastor that did what I just did with you guys today, I will buy that pastor a Dairy Queen. I'll get it from here, brother. Thank you. I I, I literally want you to think about it. What we said was we budgeted for $12,000, but as we prayed and we got great deals, we only needed around $11,000. Close the building fund down down $700 short. Find me a pastor who does it. I don't want to pat on the back, but I want you guys to understand that because what we're doing in this church is we're building up the reputation of how churches should handle money. If I'm going to go do something in my house with the shekels that we have, I'm going to budget it. I'm going to look for the things. I'm going to look for the best deal. And so when I had budgeted for the truck, it was around $9,500. And I found that out. And then I budgeted about 1000 for the uh, the work that we're going to do. And let's give it up for Brian Wampler. He's going to do the work. Come on. The modifications to have the, the stage go down. And, I, and I'm just going to tell you what, Aldrin, get ready because we go into the hood. We're going to drop it like it's hot everywhere we go. Got one of my boys here today. Good to see you. And here's the deal. I knew that it was going to take about 1000 to paint it, make it look good. So that's about, you know, 2000 plus 9 That's about 11000 Put 1000 on top to make sure you got enough. That's wise planning. But here's what we began to do. We began to pray. We said, Lord, give us the best deal for one of these trucks. And then the Lord led me to U-Haul. They have all of these trucks that they take out of service because they always want to keep the new ones on the road. And I found one that was awesome, and it was for about $10,000. But I called them up, and this is how I negotiate. Everybody say negotiate. I don't come out with my hand. I came right at the beginning because I called up the corporate office, and I said, we've got the money. It's already there. I can pay for it right now. It's a little bit more than I thought, but remember, I already budgeted that money in. So I said, you know what? Uh, we're good, but here's the deal. We're going to do this in the community. We're going to drop the stage. We're going to help the people. Do you want to give us a good deal on this truck? Do you want to help make a difference in Chicago? She said, yes, I do. I said, what's the best price you can give us? She said, I can give it to you for $7,000. She took $3,000 off like that. And by the way, that's how I negotiate everywhere I go because I always want it to be a win-win. I rent a $500,000 house and I got it for hundreds of dollars cheaper, but this is how I came in. I said, I have the money. I said, I can pay this, but I want to ask you something. Do you want me to stay here and do you want to have an awesome tenant? Because if you do, this extra $200 is going to help me if you take it off this. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to treat your house like I would treat my house. I'm going to take care of the yard. If anything happens, I'm going to pay for it out of my own money and then it will be up to you if you want to reimburse me. That man dropped his jaw and he said, absolutely. He says, matter of fact, I was willing uh, to do this for a good family because I had already turned down people at full price that I didn't feel right about. Now, are you listening to this? And then I get into the house and I saw some damage because the tenants before didn't take care of it, at least I thought, but it was actually his damage when he left. So I said to Brian, I said, Brian, come on over, fix it up for me and I'll pay you whatever it is. And he said, it's going to be about $1,000. Well, that was the day that he was meeting us over there. And he said, you're about ready to spend $1,000 of your own money to fix up my house. And I said, yeah, I will. He said, you 
you know what, I'm going to pay for it because it's my damage that I had when I moved out of it. See, here's the difference. See, when I come as a Christian, I don't come with my hand out, and I don't try to make win-lose situations. If God told me that's the place where I'm supposed to be, I'm going to come in integrity and ask people for good deals, and that's how God blesses people. There's only been one time in this church, and it was a tough season, when I didn't do that. I went after my wants instead of my needs, and I promised we would never do that. And if you're keeping track over the last five years, this is the third, everybody say tres, this is the third building fund to shut down hundreds of dollars before it was ever raised because we said it's done. It is done. Keep those shekels for whatever you're doing. Now, why am I doing this? Why did I take this extra time out the message? Because I don't want you to ever think when we as a church talk about money, we're trying to shake you down. We're not trying to shake you down at all. As a matter of fact, I want you to start to look at it as an opportunity to give so that you can sow that seed. I want you to see it as an opportunity for God to bless you in what you do. Because here's the thing. When I give my money to God, I give all my problems with money to God as well. Oh, I wish I had a better amen than that. See, some of y'all got a lot of problems, and you think you get more money, you're not going to have those problems, but more money, more problems. Think about when you were in high school. If I would tell you right now, in high school, you'll have the amount of money you get on a paycheck right now, you would pee your pants. In high school, if I told you you're going to make 4000 a month, you'd be like, oh, Lord, I'm going to buy all this stuff at the makeup counter. The lady's going to buy all these shoes. The guy's going to get all these uh, shoes as well, you know. You would just lose your mind. But now, those of you who make 4000 a month, like, pfft, there it goes. Why? Because you got more things to spend it on, more things to, to, to bills to pay. So here's the thing. Whenever I get a chance to give to God, I know that I, give a chance to, I have a chance to give God my problems with the money as well. I'm saying, Lord, this is your wallet because you not only have my heart, but you have my wallet. Come on. And somebody say amen. And so when I look at that, with that relationship I have to God as a way of me giving him my money and my problems with that, that come along with money, you know what? I'm too blessed to be stressed. The amount of money I make, I shouldn't have what I have. I'm telling you, this church, even though we are as blessed as we are, we shouldn't have all that we have. It's because each place that God meets, every place we go, God meets us and blesses us. So I say this right now, not asking you for anything. Because you know when we start building funds, I don't give talks like this. I just say, hey, this is what God told us to do. Y'all been here. Can I hear an amen? Y'all know this. I just say, this is what God told us to do. We're going to do it. Give if you want. If not, we'll get it done without you, and we just go and do it. I say this after the fact because I want you to know how we just raised $11,200 in this church in four months. That's how we do it. And and this is not every situation because my dad was a Christian businessman and one of his businesses failed. He started a convenience store and then across the street, Amico started and they drove down their prices so they drove him out of business. I've seen good things happen to good people, okay? But I want to tell you what, in this church, nine out of the ten people I know that are blessed financially and mentally with their money, love to give. As a matter of fact, they would give that $700 right now as another opportunity. They would say, Pastor, we need a 12. I still want to write a check. But I had to tell some of them, let's do it for next time because you know what? I don't have a way to even store it right now in the bank account to make another account and remember it. And we do great things with our our books that way, but I would rather you be a part of a project that I can have the number here, we drive it down together, and then we go and spend the money. And then me keeping a building fund open when I don't even need a building fund right now. You understand what I'm saying? Is you just making more work for me. But if you want to give it in your offering, just give and we'll spend it. But here's my thing. But I, I literally just told him, I said, just wait for the next building fund. Just wait for the next one. I had to tell somebody that because I want them to understand I as a pastor am partnering with them. It's a win-win. 
But that's their attitude. Their attitude wasn't, oh, no, he's going to ask for money. No, literally somebody was like, man, look, I'm going to clear it off right now. I'll just write the check for 700 I said, just save it for next time because I love it when we start another building fund. We'll probably do it around January or February, take December off. When we do that, I love it when somebody writes a big check and says, I've been waiting for this. I'm excited. I want to give. I've been holding back. Come on, pastor. Here's a chance to give. It's quiet when I preach like that, but that's true. Maybe that person was in the first service. I don't know. Uh, Y'all got to look around, check your heart. But I just say that because over Christmas holidays, here's my point in closing to the first sermon here. So many of y'all going to feel pressure to buy these things for your children to go in debt, to spend money on the credit card, and y'all just need to be at peace. If all you handed to your children this Christmas was a card underneath the Christmas tree that said, thank you, you're welcome for everything you have in this house, that is enough. Do you understand? If you just give them a card that says you're welcome, you know, if just, they just open it up and they just, it's Christmas Day, there's all the fanfare, they just open up the card and it says you're welcome. Then you can explain to them what's going on. You know what I'm saying? I bought this house. I paid the electricity. Every time we get on the bus, I got to pay people money. Every time I get in the car, I got to put in gas money. Amen. Now, if you can spend money on your kids, go ahead and do that. I don't even celebrate Christmas, people. That will blow your mind right there. I got out of that rat race long time ago. I celebrate Jesus every day. I don't, y'all quiet. Second service people must be new. Y'all don't know me like that. I stopped celebrating Christmas when I was in Bible college. I haven't celebrated Christmas for years. Uh, It's just something I don't even get into because Jesus is in my life every day. I celebrate the death, burial, resurrection every day. So my kids don't even get Christmas presents. But uh, my children get stuff every day, and they're thankful for it. And whenever they see people online getting stuff and they wish they could have a Christmas gift, I just tell them that thing again. I said, just be thankful. You got a TV to look at to even watch these kids opening up a Christmas gift because that ain't going to be you. You ain't getting nothing. You ain't getting nothing. We don't celebrate this. Yeah, just for my mind. So, so it's just, I'll preach a whole nother sermon here. For me, for me, I did this as a single man. And then I, I and just to let you know, I came into my marriage with this as well. So in, in the time of premarital counseling, we talked about it with, with Nancy. So she didn't think she was getting into anything she didn't know. Uh, two things we talked about. I don't celebrate Christmas, and I want about 12 kids. And she's been living up to both of those, those, those promises, you know, she made to me. Uh, every now and then she'll sneak out a little Christmas thing. She'll, like right now, it's, it, at first it started with Christmas decorations a couple years ago, and now there's a Christmas sock. Before you know it, she may sneak in the tree or something. But uh, that, that's just not me. I don't mind them celebrating at the grandparents' house. But, but you see, it, it changes mentalities, right? Where does it say in the Bible, I have to go in debt to do all this? Where does it even say in the Bible to celebrate his birth? It says celebrate his death, burial, and resurrection. So once again, and my kids like no good thing. Trust me, we're always giving away toys and all of this. But here's my point with that. Don't let Christmas be a burden to you. And then let the, let the church be a blessing to you. You see, we got to flip things around, don't we? Let the church be a blessing. You all be excited to give just as much as you are to receive a Christmas gift. And you live like that, you'll be blessed. Can I hear an amen? Amen. That was lanyap, as we say in the South. That was something extra. Open up your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. And if I didn't say thank you, let me say it again. Thank you, church, for doing the good that you do here. Thank you. It is because of you we can do the things that we do. Everybody say a new humanity. 
Thank you. We are in the book of Ephesians going verse by verse. And you know the fun thing about that, going verse by verse, is you get to tackle subjects you normally wouldn't if you were just hopping around the Bible, taking out scriptures where they don't belong. You know, we call this taking something out of context. It's eisegesis. You know, I can do all things through Christ, you know, praise the student who didn't study at night, you know. Or, you know, the person who takes out, you know, the scripture, all things work together for good as they begin to commit a crime. It will work for good somehow, Jesus. What, What happens when you go through the Bible as we're doing it now verse by verse is you're obligated to hear actually what the author's saying. You just can't manipulate the scripture like it's a magic eight ball and shake it up and tell you what you wanted to hear. This will actually tell you what God wants you to hear. And that's why I've been encouraging you to read it with me every week at least one whole time. It only takes about 20 or 30 minutes. Well, in the middle of Paul talking about grace as we've been going through uh, chapter 1 all the way to chapter 2 verse 10 and I summarized it last week, the grace message, he now talks about the message to the nations and it's going to get really awesome because he explains where this is all going and it's going to a new humanity. Can somebody say a new humanity? Thank you. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11 and all the previous messages are online if you need them. It says, therefore, remember that formerly you who were the Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who, are, who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope, without God in the world, but now in Christ you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Let's all stand up to and let's just do an illustration. Would you please stand? We're going to see who this is talking to right now if it applies to people in our church. If you are a descendant by birth of the Jewish people, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, would you please sit down? We had one Jewish person in our first service. Now listen to me. This is a message for the rest of us. My ancestry comes from Italy, which is the Roman Empire, and Poland, which were the people that lived in Europe in those times. Now listen to what Paul is saying. Everyone standing here, listen to this. Remember that you were Gentiles. You were not Jewish. This is how God broke down the human race. Adam and Eve, one race, everybody traces to them. But then through Adam and Eve's sin and the problems they caused, God had to destroy the world at Noah's time. And then all who survived from Noah's time was Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their three wives, total of eight, started the human race over again right there. But then they got wicked, tried to build a tower to Babel. Uh, And Babel tried to build a tower to heaven. God cursed them with different languages and sent them around the world. There, as they isolated themselves by language, their genetics became isolated, hence making the different cultures that we have today. Then God picked out of that culture one that he would start a new nation with, Abraham. His son Isaac, then Jacob. Jacob has his name changed to Israel. Israel then has 12 sons. They move to Egypt, live there for a long time or in slavery, and God brings them out, gives them kings and priests and prophets, and then Jesus comes 
through the line of David as a Jewish Messiah. Now watch what we were, all of us, all of us non-Jew people. This is what we were. We were excluded from citizenship, separate from Christ. That means we had nothing to do with Moses, nothing to do with the Ten Commandments. None of those promises that were given to those people were given to us. We were excluded from them. But it even gets worse. It says we were foreigners to the covenants. That means it wasn't even meant for us at that time. And the promises that they bring, we were without hope, hopeless and without God in the world. That means when we trace back every single one of our cultures, they were idolaters deserving of wrath. Now sit down as I get serious. Thank you. I wish I could have you hand clap, but I want you to think about this now. Let's go to our nations. Y'all ready to take a trip? Where do you want to go first? You want to go where I got my white privilege from? You want to go to Rome? So where do we go? We go to Rome. We start off in the city of the emperor. Now I'm Italian, right? And I can walk up to them. I can be like, Paisano, hey, what's going on? Manja, manja. What is that emperor of Rome going to say to me? Bow down. It doesn't matter if I'm Italian. It doesn't matter if I look like him. It doesn't matter if we have the same pigment of skin, pigment of hair. It doesn't matter if we're outspoken, like, hey, oh, we talk with our hands. At this moment, we find out real quick, am I with the Italians and the Romans or am I with that Jewish Messiah? I tell the emperor, you're not my God. I may come from here. You may be the governor or the leader of this part of the world. But I have changed. I have been changed by God. I worship a Jewish man, the God-man, Jesus Christ. He is my God. You are not my God. And you know what the Romans did to their own citizens? They burned them alive. They killed them. They put them into the gladiators to die. Now, my friends, let's go back to your cultures. Let's go to the Latin American cultures. You show up, and I don't mean this to be funny, but you show up. Bum, 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 bum. Hey, indigenous people, I love you. I've been to your pyramids. I've taken selfies here. Taco Tuesday. And now they say to you, they say, I know I try not to be funny, but this gets funny. They now say to you, they, they bring you to that, they bring you to that pyramid that you just took a selfie of, and they say, Is this man on top of that pyramid your God? Is he your God? Because my friends, they raped and pillaged their own people. They were without God in the world, just as much as the Roman Empire was. And if you were not serving their God and their ancestors, you die now. Well, I bought, I bought a multicolored blanket from the, the, the marketplace. Of, we don't care. You die now. We go to the Asian dynasties. You die now. Are you all listening? We go to India. You die now. We go to the, we go to the people that became the Europeans from the other nations of Greece. We go to the Vikings. We go to these different wicked nations. They are all without God. We take a trip to Africa. They ask us to worship their tribal leaders and our dead ancestors in the forms of these idols. Every one of us who did not come from Israel had become a people group, an ethnos, an ethnic group who turned away from God. How did they get there? 
Oftentimes I talk to people about the gospel and they say, what about the African who's never heard it? Or the aboriginal person there, you know, in Australia or the one living in Central and South America next to the Amazon. What about them? And I say, first of all, it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with you right now. You're hearing the gospel because they say, what about them not hearing it? And I go, it's not about them. It's about you. You're hearing it. What's going to happen to you? And then the second thing is you better understand how they got into that jungle. How that Roman Empire got started, we all came from Noah's generation. That's why when they try to use comparative religion, you use it right back to them. The reason why there are similarities from the jungle to the Aztecs to the Europeans to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it's because we all had the same ancestry, and we all chose our sin and went our separate ways. That's the whole point of Romans chapter 3. But I love verse 13. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. When Jesus came, he did not just come for the Jewish people. He came for the nations. And look at this now. Unless the Jewish person go, nah, 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 nah. You guys were worshiping statues. You guys were worshiping emperors in front of pyramids. You were worshiping trees. We were with Moses and the Ten Commandments. We say back to the Jews, what did you do when the Messiah came? You killed him because you thought he was a blasphemer. Only a few of you received him, and most of you betrayed him. And so now all alike are under sin, Jew and Gentile. Those small group of people from the Israelite nation and the whole other parts of the world, we all can relate to this. We have messed it up. See, that's what happens when you read through the Bible verse by verse. You better deal with stuff like this, amen? You can't just skip this to the good parts. This is good, too, if you know how to understand it. Can I get an amen? He keeps going, verse 14. Now watch this, talking about Jesus bringing us near by his blood. For he himself is our peace. He has made the two groups one. So we all think we're different groups, right? I'm Italian, I'm Polish, you're Guatemalan, you're Peruvian, you're, you know, a Filipino. But according to the Bible, there were only two groups, Jew, Gentile. Jew and not Jew. That was it, according to your God, the God who created heaven and earth. And it wasn't meant to cause racism because at that time, if you were kind to the Jewish people, you could join with them. As a matter of fact, a prostitute named Rahab got to escape out of the walls of Jericho and become an Israelite. She got to be a citizen. Even Caleb, one of the famous people of the book of Joshua, wasn't an Israelite by birth. They loved adopting people and bringing them into their culture. But if you mess with them, Jesus would use them to kick your butt. They kicked a whole lot of butt in the Bible. You better understand, Jesus is not coming back as Barney. Jesus is coming back as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And his capital city is not Chicago. It's not New York. It's not Beijing. Jesus' capital city is Jerusalem. And the body he raised from the dead with, well, first the body he got from Mary and the glorified body he raised from the dead with is the DNA of the Israelite people. And guess what? When you get born again, you get born again with that DNA. Somebody say a new humanity. You're going to understand that more. Look at verse 15. Let's read it together. One, two, three. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. Did you all just learn something? Out of his crucified flesh with the DNA of Israel... He is creating a brand new humanity. 
Adam and Eve were the first human race. They blew it up. They messed it up. There is another human race coming, and it's coming through Adam. Uh, it's coming through the second Adam, Jesus Christ. There is only one race here now. Don't get upset with me. I'm not going to preach racism in any way because we still bear the body of our ancestors. So where did Joe's body come from? My mom and dad. Where did my mom and dad's body come from? Their mom and dad. To All the way back to who? To Adam and Eve. But now in Jesus' flesh, I'm going to get a new one at the resurrection like his, not like Adam and Eve. On that day, you will now know why the kingdom of God had to come to earth as it was in heaven. There is a separation beginning now from the goats and the sheep. The goats and the sheep are not the same kind of animal. How many know that? There are goats and sheep, and they're not the same. They do not reproduce after each other. And there's two races going to be developed that day, the saints and the sinners, and sinners go to hell because they are the fallen race of Adam and Eve, and the new glorified race, the new humanity, are those who have accepted Jesus Christ. Those are the ones, watch, who have been born again, born again. You were born the first. First time from this genealogy back to the humanity of Adam and Eve. But when you're born again, you're born again into the image of Christ, the new humanity. Verse 16, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, which he put to death their hostility. So there should be no more hostility between Jew and Gentile. The Jews shouldn't look at us and say, you crazy pagans, you wicked cultures. No, because you guys were just as wicked as us by crucifying the Messiah. And we shouldn't look at the Jews and be mad and say, you guys messed it up. You're the one that put them in the Romans' hands. No, because we've done the same thing. We've made enemies of God. So both of us have become enemies of God. And now both of us are reconciled through Jesus Christ. Does this sound familiar to Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 and onward, after Jesus rose from the dead, and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth belongs to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of the make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Look at verse 17. He came, talking about Jesus, and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those of us who were near. So the pagans get to be brought near now. We used to be far away from God, way away from Israel, doing our own thing, not even thinking about God, not even thinking about the covenants of God. Do you think the Aztecs were thinking about the covenants of Moses, the, co the covenant of Moses, the 613 laws? Do you think those in the Chinese dynasties were thinking about the Abrahamic blessing? No, they weren't thinking anything about it. But God brought us near through Jesus. Look at verse 18 and see the Trinity. For through him we both, Jew and Gentile, have access to the Father by the one Spirit. For through him. Who is the him being referenced there? Jesus. We have access to the Father by the Spirit. Father, Son, Spirit. So how do I get in if I'm a Jew? Do I get in based on my nationality? No. Because guess what? When Jesus was on the earth, he called some of the Jews children of the devil. Read John chapter 8 and see how that went. They got so angry at him. They said, we're not children of the devil. We're children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, yeah, it don't matter no more your skin or your genealogy or your DNA. It matters what your heart is like, and you're just like the devil on the inside. He broke down that wall of division to where someone could say, well, I was born a Jew. I get special privileges. No, God said even to Nicodemus, unless you are born again, Nicodemus, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So everyone must come to Jesus now. Jew and Gentile, Roman, a 
Italian, Polish, Peruvian, Asian, uh, African, all of us come to Jesus now. Look at verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. So you know what, what I had us do in the first service where there was a Jewish person? I had us all wave at the, she, you know, it was Lauren. I had us all wave at her and we said, hey, sis, hey, sis, because that's our sister now. We are no longer foreigners to the Jewish people. We are now with them as fellow citizens. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God based in Israel with my Jewish king, the Messiah, Yeshua, the Mashiach. I have switched citizenship. My American citizenship is only for a short time. I respect and honor this nation, but my citizenship in the kingdom of God is forever and forever and forever. How many are citizens today of the kingdom of God? How many are ready for your Jewish king to come back and rule and reign in Jerusalem? How many are ready to share in his DNA and to be raised from the dead with glorified flesh like Jesus Christ of Nazareth? Oh, I can't wait for that day, my friends. We will literally be like Thor to the people in those movies. Is Thor of the same race of the people of earth? Is Superman of the same race of the people of earth? After Jesus comes back, we will rule and reign for a thousand years and be of the God kind of race among the average human race and show them the power of our God. Satan will be tied up. The glory of God will be upon the earth. And God does this for a thousand years before he only has his people with him because he wants to show the world this is what you lost in the garden of eden but my son got it back hallelujah i am thankful that one day i will be with jesus reigning with him forevermore with no unbelievers but there is a short time period of a thousand years where we rule over the earth with him read the book of revelation to understand Verse 20, built on the foundation of apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as our chief cornerstone. Cornerstone, watch this, watch this. Everybody look up at me, please. That Roman emperor is not my hero. I know it's good to find people in our culture we admire. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I don't admire some of the founding fathers of America, though I am no more uh, attached to them than to anybody else. But, I mean, you can admire people. I get that. But listen to me. They're strangers to me now in the kingdom of God. But who do I admire? The apostles, the prophets. These are now my gente. These are now my people. These are now the ones I look at and admire. When I read the story of Joseph, that's not somebody in some different world or culture or race to me. No, that's my brother. When I hear of the stories of Paul and Silas in the jail praising God, that's not like just some different people in some other tribe. No, that's my tribe. That's my people. I identify with the church because the church now identifies with me. I've been born again into the family of God, and my foundation is the cornerstone of Jesus, and then upon Jesus are the apostles and the prophets. Is there anybody else who reads the Bible and finds their identity there? Because I'm not going to the east, my brother, to the east. I'm not going back to the west, my brother, to the west. I'm not going back to look to my ethnic tribe to find my identity. I'm going to Jesus, and I'm going to the apostles, and I'm going to the prophets. Because then my brother's from another mother. You heard me? Verse 21, in him. Somebody say, in Jesus. 
the whole building is joined together. He uses the metaphor of the church being a building, but it's not a literal building. Watch. And rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. That's how I know it's not going to be a real building. Look at verse 22. Because in him, you too are being built together to be a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Do you see the Trinity again? In him refers to who? Jesus. God there refers to who? The Father by His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So watch this. We were separated from God, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. We were Humanity was created to know divinity through the Trinity, but we sinned and got messed up. But now Jesus came to bring us back into the relationship we were supposed to have with the Trinity. Jesus ascended back and is now at the right hand of the Father, and the Spirit is here now, lives in us, lives in us, and expresses to us we are literally the temple of God. That's why we don't need the pyramid. That's why we don't need to pray to our dead ancestors. That why, that's why we don't need to go to the mother of Guadalupe. Jesus is here by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I am the temple of God. And I'm being built up together with you, the other parts of the temple of God. We are the building of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. And we are the body of Christ. The building, the bride, and the body. What an honor. And now look around at this church of all the nations, tribes, and languages being built up. The Bible says that he placed us in these. He allowed us to be placed in these cultures so that we could all reflect him in the end with our praises to be multifaceted. So when I come and praise him, I praise him in English from the background of an Italian Polish person. When you praise him, you may praise him in English or Spanish from the ancestry of your people of Latin America. When you praise him, maybe from Africa and the tribes throughout the regions there. And we all praise him. And it becomes a rainbow of the love of God because he wanted the variety to reflect his character. Every time I meet a new person, whether they're a Christian or not, I'm beginning to see a sparkle, another image of the the, the, the body of Christ, someone that, or, or I should say the character of Christ that God wants to join to his body. So you look at me before I was a Christian. I was energetic. I had a lot of passion, but I used it for drugs and party and trying to pick up chicks. But now I become born again, and I sparkle with the body of Christ, right? I get my shine on. And it's the same thing. Whenever I meet somebody, I always think to myself, if they're not a Christian, they're meant to be their best self in the body of Christ. God made us to shine with his glory. We are the light of the world. Amen. Now, that's chapter 2. We've made it out. Those of you that have been around since February, we've been going verse by verse. You've finished chapter 2. Can I hear an amen? But since the Bible wasn't originally written in chapters and verses, we're going to keep reading through to catch Paul's thought here. Just like a Facebook message. When you open up a Facebook message, do you read a line, come back two weeks later, read another line? No, you read the whole thing. And you know you better do it now, right, because it shows that you've seen it. And the person who sent it to you is going to be like, man, you saw my message. Why didn't you say anything back? We'll do the same thing with the Bible. Read the thoughts of the Bible. Hear what God is saying. Now watch. He keeps going. For this reason. What? What's the reason? The reason of Jew and Gentile coming together in the cross. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. Paul got arrested preaching this message. The Jews crucified Jesus because they thought he was blaspheming, but he was their God. Now Paul is the apostle of the Jews. He's a Jewish person. But because he's telling the Jews that Gentiles are included, they're persecuting him as well. Jewish persecution lasted about 30 years after the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. And then after that, the Romans said, we're tired of both of you. And they started killing Jews and Christians. 
Paul was a prisoner for this message. Is this message important to you today? How important it is for you today to teach people the truth of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul paid. He paid the price of his freedom. Let's keep going. Verse 2. Surely you have heard about the administration or the organization of God's grace that was given to me for you. So God's grace was given to me for you because he's an apostle. Remember, it's built on the foundation of Jesus and apostles and prophets. So he says, you know that I got this gift to tell you guys about. Verse 3. That is the mystery. Everybody go, ooh. The mystery made known to me by revelation, as I've already written briefly about. Where did he re- write about the mystery already? In chapter 1. He said, God gave me a mystery. He solved it for me. He showed me what it was. Now look at verse 4. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. Let me say this for review for those who don't know. The Ephesian people were pagans. They lived in the Roman colony called Ephesus. They worshipped a goddess named Diana. They practiced temple prostitution as a part of their religion. They had so much witchcraft that when they came and gave gave their lives to Jesus, they burned it in the town square, and it was worth over... uh, million dollars, thousands and thousands of dollars. This is, these are the people here. They're the Gentiles. And Paul is saying, I was given the mystery, the insight to understand this. Verse 5, watch. What's the mystery? Which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has been made known by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. Everybody say, bring it on. Here is the mystery. Verse 6, that through the gospel, somebody say the gospel, The Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Can I hear an amen? Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so thankful now. All of the things he said before, we didn't have. We didn't have God in the world. Man, y'all were just lost. Didn't have hope. You were pathetic. You were idolaters, all of you. He now says there was a mystery that was hidden there that's now been revealed. Can I tell you where you can start finding it? In the Tanakh, in the Old Testament, the Torah. Start when he first picked out Abraham. Because up until that time, all the nations were the same. But when he starts with Abraham, he says, I will bless you and make you a great nation. Now watch. And all the nations, plural, will be blessed because of you. See, nobody stopped and thought about it, did they? It was a mystery to them because they're like, we're Jew and you're not and we're awesome. And Pharaoh, you're going to die in the Red Sea right now. In Babylon, you mess with us. You're going to die. And all you Amalekites, Philistines, you're going to die. And, and they got this kind of ethnocentric pride. But all along, there was a mystery about what God was going to do with the other part of the planet because they were such a small nation. And then you begin to see the prophets. Yes, they're rebuking the other nations, but there's always a little hint. Like Isaiah, there's a hint. And and he shall come, talking about the Messiah, and he'll be a light to the Gentiles. But how is that going to happen? They had no idea. And now Paul says, God showed it to me through Jesus Christ. That's why he told us to go into the nations is because now we can tell the world about the the Jewish Messiah. So what was the purpose of the Jewish nation to begin with? It was to bring the Jewish Messiah. If there was never a separate nation, there would have never been a people that Jesus could appear to and say, I am the son of the gods you've been worshiping because they would have all been worshiping the false gods. He would have been born to a Roman family. They would have thought he was the son of Zeus. Are you listening to me? Or the God of Machu Picchu or something. Are you, are you getting this? 
So he had to have a people that he revealed 613 laws to. The Ten Commandments are just the introduction. Kind of like my sermons, right? I have long sermons. Jesus had a long law, 613. But now he says, guess what? All nations are mine. Verse 7, somebody say, I became a servant. Watch this. I became a servant of the gospel. Are you serving the gospel today? By the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his powers. God's power that lets us preach the gospel. Paul says, although I am less than least than all of the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles. Watch this. The boundless riches of Christ. Anything you can see bounded is less than the riches of Christ. We don't even see the end of the universe. That's just an example of something being boundless. And God says that's the riches of Christ like that. So amazing. All of our sins can be forgiven. All of our tears can be wiped away. All of the promises that we thought God didn't have for us, he has for us. Boundless riches of Christ. But it's our job to preach to the people. You see, we need to tell the people like Paul did, don't look to your race. You know, imagine today if I looked to Donald Trump to be my hope today. Well, you would laugh and think that's stupid. Well, that's the same thing of you looking to somebody else in your culture for your hope. It's all stupid, my friends. You may say, well, mine's better than so-and-so. Well, give man enough time, they'll all sin and fall short. We should look at the Bible and the character of Christ as our standard. You get what I'm saying? My hero isn't a guy who looks like me with the same pigment of my skin. My hero is Jesus and people who live like Jesus. So I want to preach that message to everybody. Verse 9, and to make plain. Everybody say, make it plain. To everyone, the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. Let's make sure. Let's stop right here and give me a grade. Let's just be honest. That I, as your pastor, make this mystery known to you. Did I help you understand it? Is it plain to you? Okay, for those who are saying no, I got three more charts to show you, okay? Because I want to get an A on this test. But I love Paul. He was confident enough to say, I hope I've made it plain to you. You guys are not Gentiles. Uh, You're not not Jewish people. You were not born on the right side of the tracks. Y'all were crazy. But guess what? Everybody's crazy in one way or another. And he's not just the God of the Jews, he's the God of the Gentiles. But he used the Jews for a purpose, to bring about a plan. It was a mystery, but now it's being solved. And so all of us can come into Christ. Look at verse 10. Watch this. Here's the conclusion. His intent, Jesus' intent, was that now through the nation of Israel, no, through the church, are you a part of the church today? Come on, not just a local church, but the universal church of all times and places through the church. This was his intent that the multi-dimensional, manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says, devil, look, you thought you had all of these people going off in their wicked ways, worshiping demons, worshiping idols. I bought them with my blood, and I'm bringing them all in. They are all going to be a part of my new humanity. You might have gotten Adam and Eve to sin, but I sent the second Adam, Jesus, to live a sinless life and start a new humanity in him. There's a new human race coming through Jesus Christ. And then he ends 
Verse 12 and 13, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Why could the prostitute Rahab from a pagan nation with the city of Jericho approach now the God of Israel with confidence and freedom? Because she knew that she was loved by that God. Why is it the Samaritan woman who was half Jew, which they considered a dog in that culture, the Jewish people would call the Samaritans dogs because they were half Jew and half pagan. Why is it when Jesus sits down with the woman at the well, that Samaritan, he says, you can ask God whatever you want and he'll hear you. He seeks those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Why? Because now we know that God has always loved us. God so loved the Jewish people that he sent his only son. Is that what it says? God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, has faith in him, will not perish but have eternal life. If you're not born again today, you need to be. And those who have never understood what born again meant, now you know. I got this body from my earthly mom and dad that traced their ancestor to Adam and Eve, but my spirit I got from God, and I'm about ready to get a body from Jesus. Verse 13, he tells us something personal about himself. He says, I ask you, therefore, to not be discouraged. You know, I'm in jail. I've been tortured. I've been locked up because of my sufferings for you, which are for your glory. Paul had a great attitude in the midst of suffering because he knew there was a purpose to come. He was going to rule and reign with Christ. Let me show you these three charts in closing so that you can get it, that it's been made plain to you. Before Jesus, one human race with two cultures. Even today when people talk about I'm this race and that race, that is not even true. There's only one human race. We all share the same blood and DNA. And that is between Jew and Gentile. Like I said, what goes under Gentile? Everything else. Look at it again, Ephesians 2.11. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles, tap your neighbor and say, you're the you. Come on, tap them. You're the you. You were the Gentile by birth, and you were called uncircumcised. Everybody know what it means to be circumcised? Okay, ask your neighbor later if you don't know what that means. By those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done by the, in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ. Look at what they were, separate from Christ. Excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenants of the promise. You don't get Abraham covenant. You don't get Noah's covenant. You don't get Moses' covenant. Without hope, without God in the world. Jew, Gentile. But now watch what happens in Christ. Now there's literally going to be literally two races. We will not have the same blood of those we rule over. And in our resurrected bodies, we will not be able to die We will not be able to be harmed in any way. We'll have perfect bodies. That is literally another race. It is another humanity. Ephesians 2, 14 through 16 says, but now it's not Jew and Gentile. Now it's Christian, non-Christian. So does a Jew automatically get to share in the new human race at the resurrection? No, they have to be what? Born again. So A Jewish person like Nicodemus who actually saw Jesus face to face can go to hell with the old human race and somebody like you and me can get born again and live with the Jewish Messiah the rest of fraternity. It's fair because you make a choice to stay with the old Adamic race or to come with the new Adam, Jesus Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose. What was his purpose? Let's read together. To create in himself one new humanity out of the two. 
thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. Look at what Paul said to the Roman people. How many know the Romans were pagans? Do you all know history? The Romans were pretty bad pagans, weren't they? It says, for those who God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to their mama, to their daddy, to look like their ancestors. No, no, no. To be conformed, watch this, everybody, to the image of his son that he, talking about Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. When Jesus, y'all better get this. Look up at me. Do not miss this. When Jesus raised out of the dead, that was a symbolic birth of mankind. He was the firstborn resurrected. See, Lazarus came from the dead, but he still had to die. And uh, uh, Elijah and Enoch went to heaven, but they still got to come back and die in the end times. He was the first of the new human race to be rose up and glorified. In the presence of his father. And that wasn't just so that he could stay as a superman. That was so that he may have now many brothers and sisters. Y'all better get that. My brother right now, if he doesn't repent, is going to hell. But my brother, Jesus, I got a new body in his image. And I will live with him forever. I want my brother to come so bad. And Jesus died for him to come. But I got a brother from another mother named Mary. Come on, named Jesus who came from Mary, who made a way for me. I look like Jesus now. I don't look like my brother. I ain't Jersey Shore Italian. Are you listening to me? I'm, I ain't Polish discotheque. In the, you know, I'm, I'm Jesus. I'm a Christ-like Christian. I'm not an American. I'm a Christ-like Christian first. My citizenship is of God. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. See if this doesn't blow your mind, especially from those who have read it before. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Corinth was a pagan city too. We don't look at people worldly and go, oh, you might, oh, you Italian? Oh, oh, you my paisan. You my people. Manja. Let's see. No, I don't look at you that way. Because you may look like me, but be a child of the devil. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we looked at Jesus as a body. See, it doesn't matter if he was a Middle Eastern color, an Asian color, or an African color. It doesn't matter if he was black, yellow, or white. All of that matters that he bled red for us. It doesn't matter what kind of man he was, but he was the God man. Are you listening? So we don't regard Christ according to his skin and his culture, though we used to. And we don't look at people according to their skin and their culture, though we used to do that. Because verse 17, if anyone is in Christ Jesus... The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Woo! That gets me excited. Y'all read that many times but didn't know how it tied in together. This ties into kingdom citizenship. Right here I am a new creation made in the image of Jesus Christ. And this body who looks like my mom, who looks like her mom, who looks like her, is going in the grave. But I'll be raised with Christ in a glorified body. Woo! I'm so excited. Y'all getting this. I will preach myself happy. My body is getting old, people. I'm going to be honest with you. My body is getting old. I was jumping around on a trampoline, and I felt it so much the next day. <sighs> my, my memory is getting old. I talk to people that I love, people that I went to Bible college with, and I can't even remember the stories they tell me. I look back on my children, and I say, I can't even remember your first birthday. <laughs> 
remember it. I don't remember Hannah's first birthday. My Italian Polish body is dying. It's cursed. It was cursed with Adam the moment he sinned. And my friends, I want to tell you something. You can dress this up. You can tan it. You can get an education and put a lot of information in it. You can put gold on it. You can take pictures of it, a thousand a day, and put it all over Facebook for everybody to like and try to make you feel better about yourself. But your body is going to die. And your soul is going to go before your maker. And it's all about at that moment, are you in his image? Were you born from above? Because if you weren't, he will say to you, depart from me, for I never knew you. And you're going to say, yeah, you did. You made me. Yeah, he's going to say, but I never knew you. And you're going to say, how is that possible? Because you're of the old Adamic race that I said, I will judge and I will forget I ever made them. I will forget I ever made them. Do you know God will forget about those in hell? You will be outside of his presence, tortured forever. He won't even be thinking about you, nor will we. But those who come before his throne, he's going to say, welcome home, my son who are born again, whose names are in the Lamb's book of life. And the Bible says in those moments, as we see him, it will be like we're looking in a mirror. You will look at him as a male or a female, and you will think you are looking at a mirror. Because you will see, I am just like him. That's what Adam and Eve were. They were made in that image, but it was broken, and it was fallen. Look at in closing, Galatians chapter 3, Paul writing to the people of Galatia, another pagan Roman province. He says, so in Christ Jesus, you all are children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ. You've clothed yourself with Christ. You've taken on the clothes of Christ. You look like Christ. And now there is neither a Jew, and there's no longer a Gentile. There's neither slave nor free nor male, nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, you pagan Roman, you pagan Aztec, you pagan tribal worshiper, but if you belong to Christ, that doesn't matter. You are now Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You mean me, a sinful descendant of the Roman Empire, drug addicted, high school dropout? You mean now I get a fast pass to citizenship and I receive the promises of Abraham like as if I was Isaac, his very son? Yes. As if I was his very son. Today, you and I have a choice, and it is a simple choice. If it's plain to you now, can I hear an amen? amen. Like I said, if, if it ain't plain to you by this time, I don't know what to do for you. We do have more life groups meeting this week. You can meet with them or talk to a pastor before you go, but I hope it's plain to you because right now we got a choice, y'all. We either remain with the damnable. That means that's, that's just going to hell. It's going to be damned. The damnable Adamic race from Adam and Eve. We stay here. We stay with what we got, this, this body, this ancestry. We stay with this mindset, or we get born again into the new humanity and live forever with Jesus, the second Adam. 
I want you just to bow your head and close your eyes right now. Please make your citizenship sure right now if you haven't already. Altar workers and band, would you come please? Oh, I don't know about you, but I want a new body in the image of Christ. I want the restored Garden of Eden. I want to live forever with Jesus, my Lord and my Savior. If you haven't done that, will you confess Jesus to be the Lord of your life? Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Change me. I believe you died, was buried, rose again for my sins. Make me a child of the Father, your brother, your sister. A few moments right now. If you've been born again, thank him. Just worship in your own words before we stand and dismiss. Just thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Now that we know in this place there's not even a Jew here, so we can all thank him as Gentiles. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for not leaving us to our own wicked ways. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for changing our identity. I am not first an Italian. I am not first a Polish person. I am not first an American. I am a child of God few more moments. Pray if you don't know Jesus. He'll come into your heart right now. You'll experience him. I experienced him 20 years ago and I'm not looking back. Oh, there's nothing like being born again, my friends. Nothing like it. Those of you who are born again, maybe start praying for your friends and family. Don't you want your mom and dad in heaven? Don't you want to rule and reign with your brothers and sisters, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles? Just pray for them. Pray that God will send preachers to them. Pray that they'll come to church with you. That they'll accept Christ. Come on. A few moments in the presence of God will change a lifetime. There's a new humanity coming upon this earth. This earth belongs to our God. And He will have what He said He wanted from the very beginning. A people made in His image. He will have it. I want to be there, don't you? A few more moments. I want to be there. I want my sister to be there. I want my brother to be there. Save them, Jesus. I want my neighbors to be there. My neighbors on the one side from India, Pete and Shaw, Lord, save them. My other neighbors from Uzbekistan on the other side, I pray you save them, oh Lord. Let every nation, tribe, and language come to know and love you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, would you stand and give it, give it up for Jesus, a hand clap of praise for our King of kings and Lord of lords today. I want to ask my wife to come up. We're, we're going to pray a little bit here just before we go. Alex, would you come up as well? I want my wife to come up. I want somebody to grab TJ for me if he's here. We're going to pray for some of the different nations that we have represented here. Alex, would you come up? Yes, thank you. We're going to start with the gringos. They say we have white privilege, but it's not a political fight, is it? Gringos need Jesus just as much as anybody else. Would you pray for the culture that they would say is Caucasian? Would you pray for them to come to Jesus? Oh, Father. Father, I pray, I pray on behalf of uh, all the Caucasian people. I pray against God's division, God. If any of them, God, in their mind think that they are above another race or another color of skin, God, I come against that, God, in the name of Jesus, God. I pray for healing over their mind, God. I pray, God, they, that they would repent, God, and to see you as Lord and Savior, Lord. The true King, God, the Messiah, who is coming back for us, Lord. And that none of us are different, God. We are all one human race, God. Skin color doesn't matter. Our upbringing doesn't matter. 
Our money doesn't matter, God. Nothing matters but your kingdom, God, and your life, God, that we would experience you, Lord, on this earth, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Caucasians need Jesus. My brother, you're going to represent the African people as well as African Americans. Pray that they know Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Lord God, we just thank you for this day, God. We thank you for everything you have done and everything you're going to do, Lord God. Lord God, I just pray for the African people, Lord God, that they will get to know you, Lord God, that they will understand you, Lord God, that they'll understand your true love, Lord God, your true peace, Lord God, your grace, Lord God. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that the African people, uh, African Americans, Lord God, will get to know you even more, Lord God. Lord God, that they will get to know your relationship, Lord God, not on religion, Lord God, not based off going to church, Lord God, not based off doing good works, Lord God, but based off having a relationship with you, Lord God, based off having, knowing, knowing you, Lord God, knowing your true love and true grace and true peace, Lord God. God, I pray that you would just have your way, Lord God. I pray that this culture would change, Lord God, for the better, Lord God, for your kingdom, for your glory, for your honor, amen, for your praise, Lord God. God, we just thank you, Lord God. Lord God, thank you for everything you have done, Lord God, and everything you're going to, Lord God. I pray for the south side of Chicago, Lord God. Pray for the west side of Chicago, Lord God, that they will get to know you, Lord God, that they will, that they will see a great revival, Lord God, in, that city, in, the, in, the, in, in the south side and the west side of Chicago, Lord God, that they will, get, they will be able to be um just to be able to be blessed lord god by your presence by your anointing by your grace lord god and i pray you will have your way lord in jesus mighty name amen amen, amen. i'm going to have rudy represent uh what, where are you from puerto rico and cuba so he's going to represent more of the northern latino nations we're going to have somebody represent uh, central and south america in just a moment gloria señor gloria me dan gracias jesus Gracias por todo, por la sangre de Jesús that makes us clean. God, I ask that you would send laborers to uh, to make your name known among these nations, God, of, of the Caribbean, Lord, the, the northern uh, Latino countries, God, that they will be saved. Salvación en el nombre de Jesús. And all these nations, God, that you would be known, God, be with the people in Puerto Rico, God, and during this time where they're rebuilding their cities, God, I pray that you would build them to be a holy city for your for yourself to dwell in, oh God, in Jesus Christ's name and in nombre de Jesus, Amen. 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 We're now going to have Carol represent uh, Central and South America. Gracias, Señor, por este día. Gracias, Señor, porque eres tan dulce, Señor. Gracias por tu salvación, Señor. God, I just pray, God, that every Central American right now, God, stop bowing down to um, pyramids, God. Stop bowing down to statues, oh, God, and start knowing who you are, Jesus. God, I pray against religion, God, God, and I just pray that people are getting to know who you are, God, and start having a relationship with you, Jesus. God, I pray that people are blinded right now. They get freedom and start seeing things, God. They start feeling your love, oh God. They start seeing your love, oh God. They start seeing the sacrifice that you made, oh God. Not sacrifices that, you know, that uh, Mayans have made, oh God, but the sacrifice that you made, oh God, that you died for our sins, Jesus, that you are the powerful one, oh God, that you are the Alpha and the Omega, oh God, you are the only way and you are the light, Jesus. So God, I just pray for every Central America right now, God, I pray, I pray that they just get to know you, Jesus, and stop seeing um, the statues and everything else that they see right now in um, those countries, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And now we're going to have Brother Alex, who was actually one to the Lord in the Philippines and became a missionary to Malaysia, correct? 
to uh, Micronesia. Micronesia, sorry. So he's going to rep represent the island Asian nations and Southeast Asia as well as China, all of those places he's had contact with. Pray a little bit in Tagalog as well. Please pray for Asia. Father, thank you for sending Jesus, your son. Thank you that even now your spirit is not too far, oh God. Your head is not too short to, to reach for this people group, oh God. And so, Lord, right now, we just live up to you, oh God, the, the Asian countries. Maraming salamat na ang iyong dugo ang magbibigay ng kaligtasan sa lahat, oh God. So, right now, in Jesus' name, Lord, we just say right now, you're going to visit these nations. Uh, Lord, the nation of, of China, the nation of the Philippines, the nation, oh God, all over, oh God, in Asia, Singapore. Lord, even in this nation, here in this nation, oh God, um, uh, in America, oh God, that you will reach the Asian uh, people. This people group, oh God, with too many religion, oh God, Lord, I pray that they will start to, to speak and try to cry out to the real God right now in Jesus' name. Visit them while they sleep, oh God. Visit them in their own dreams, oh God. Lord, you said you will visit them in, in dreams, in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, by your spirit and by your blood, oh God, you're reaching them right now with a gospel truth, oh God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. We had in our first service a brother from Pakistan that represented the Middle Eastern. I don't see anyone here. If you are from the Middle East or have heritage there, raise your hand. If not, anyone who has a heart for the Middle East. Or does somebody raise their hand? Oh, Jose's here. Yes, come on up, brother, quickly. We'll have you pray for the Middle Eastern nations. We still need to pray for Israel, for their salvation and their protection. And then all of the nations around there, obviously. Syria, please pray for them. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your word that says, deliver Israel, God, from all their troubles. Deliver Israel, God, your people, from all their troubles. You said that Syria will be your handmaid, handmaid or your, your handiwork, God. The, the, um, what is that? The Syria will be your handiwork, God. Save Syria. Save Iraq. You say the Egypt will be your son, God. Save these nations of the Middle East, God, where Islam is so powerful there, God. But I know your light will shine dark, will shine bright in the darkness, oh God. People in the darkness have seen a great light, Lord. Let them see a great light in that darkness, God. Let your light shine where Islam is dark, God. Let your light shine there. Send gospel preachers to preach the gospel and to win souls in the Middle East, God. Save the Middle East. Save Israel, Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Egypt, Sudan, all these nations, oh God. Save them in your name. Amen. And last but not least, my wife's going to pray for modern-day Europe. Her family's from Greece, Russia, or Ukraine, Eastern Europe, all of the people of England. Just pray for that and a little bit in Greek as well to give us that treat. And then close us out in service today. Hallelujah. <laughs> Masados esto amas una mas catrisis abotizar martías mas que se rotame simara nasosis tinalada nasosisis di ginekes ki tus andres budes sexerune kiria se doxazume ke sefkaristume yola bumas ehiskani se doxazume Hallelujah Jesus we thank you God for all these European countries God we pray that for the blood of Jesus to wash them clean 
that you would wash clean by your blood all of Europe, that they would have a revival, God, in those lands, that they would come back to you, God, that they would lay down their pride, that they would turn from their wicked ways and say, God, we need you in our land again. We've been ravished by lies. We've been ravished by communism. We've been ravished by Islam. They would come back to their creator and repent, oh God, that they would bring healing to their lands, Jesus, once again. We plead the blood of Jesus over Europe, and I pray, oh God, that you would bless the church there and help their efforts, God, to multiply as they keep preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, Lord. I pray that every single one of us today would have our hearts set on praying for the nations, that we would believe for a great outpouring of your spirit, that the harvest would come in this end of the time, end year, end of the time harvest of souls all across the nations and the islands, oh God, from coast to coast. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. amen. And after this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Hallelujah! God bless you. Slap your neighbor high five and say you're welcome in the kingdom. You're welcome. Welcome home. God bless you. You're dismissed. If you would like to come for prayer, come on up. Otherwise, we'll see you at life groups. God bless you. Spread the gospel of grace everywhere you go today.
as we get ready to, to, to dismiss the band, we're going to keep praying. But just remember that you have freedom today in Jesus. You have confidence today in the Lord. This is so life-changing when you get it. Because you know what? Some of you didn't have a godly mom or dad. But you get new mothers and fathers in the kingdom of God now. New older people to look up to. You can look up to Father Abraham and say, I want to be like him. I want to be like Papa Abraham. Some of you don't have godly brothers and sisters. You can find brothers and sisters in this church and say, let's go through life together. And you know what? You can have spiritual children. You can raise up the younger generation. Whether you have children or not, you can raise up the younger ones and teach them the ways of God. Thank you for every nursery worker and children's worker who gives your time to other people's children for the kingdom of God's sake. There is a new humanity coming. The sheep and the goats will be separated. So as we leave out of here today, let's leave with the gospel of grace, letting the whole world know they're welcome to come. God died for all of them. In Jesus' name, in the after party said, amen, after party. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Keep praying. Those who are here or worshiping, we're just going to dismiss the band. Thank you, brothers and sisters.